Hello everyone and welcome to episode 24 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast with me, your host, Steve Watkins. Christmas has been and gone. We are now in that weird limbo period between Christmas and New Year where nobody knows what day of the week it is. We're still eating bits and pieces that we bought for Christmas and everyone's had that conversation. I think we bought too much food this year and all of this food's got to go before New Year because I'm starting to eat healthy from the 1st of Jan and that's exactly how I am as well. I'm currently sat in my dining room table and I'm looking at Pringles and salted peanuts and boxes of bloody chocolates and all sorts and I'm just thinking I don't need this. I need it gone. I need it out of the way. But can't complain too much. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, I have had a good Christmas uh, apart from Boxing Day which I'll talk about very very shortly. Another day of another another Boxing Day where I've been left disappointed by the football. There we go. Before I move on, big thank you to anyone that listened to the last episode. Your continued support is greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, so before I go into the results from the Boxing Day fixtures, even though some of them were played uh, a couple of days after Boxing Day, uh, one bit of transfer news that has just come from absolutely nowhere. Cody Gakpo, the Dutch striker heavily linked with the move to Manchester United for months and they looked like they were going to sign him and that it was a done deal and then out of nowhere linked with Liverpool and a matter of days later he is announced officially by the by Liverpool Football Club as their new striker left slash left winger um, so this is uh, this has surprised a lot of people and Liverpool have got in there and Made the signing of someone who's highly uh, thought of, someone who's highly, highly talented, and this is just going to strengthen that Liverpool front six. Uh, I mean, Nunes isn't quite doing it at the moment. Spurned a lot of chances in the League Cup game against Man City and the other night against Villa. I think his all-round game is 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 decent, and he obviously adds to the team. I think it's been clear that Liverpool, since Mane left, they've missed someone on that left-hand side. And Gakpo is the the person that's been brought in. Obviously, Diaz as well, that they signed last January, he has had a setback with his injury. So that's why I think they've gone into the market and bought him. And I'm sure I read somewhere £35 million, which to me seems like an absolute bargain. So we'll see how this works out. For him and for Liverpool, um, I mean they're they're going to look and look to strengthen in the, the central midfield positions in the summer as well. I guess they're still linked with the likes of Bellingham, but I think this is going to be disappointing for a lot of Man United fans. Uh, some have quite rightly pointed out that actually it's not a left winger they need; it is a centre forward, uh, and I think a centre forward in the style of a traditional nine I'm thinking like a Harry Kane Lewandowski I'm not saying those players specifically but you know what I mean a centre forward rather than a winger who can also play down the middle Uh, they need that focal point up front but United are doing well 
under Ten Hag. So the striker that they're after, that would kind of complete the set, as it's as it as uh, as they say. But yeah, good signing. Um, and like I say, it came from absolutely nowhere. But the transfer window opens in three days at the time of recording. So a lot of clubs will probably be looking to do business just because there's been a few managerial changes, obviously, in the Premier League already. And certain managers will want to bring their own players in. And then you look at a club like Leicester, who are desperate for signings, didn't do a great deal in the summer. So they'll be looking to strengthen. That's definitely needed. So it could be an interesting January transfer window. I, I don't expect the likes of Madison or Bellingham to necessarily move in this window. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's talk about the results then of the games that have just gone. So Brentford were 2-0 up against Tottenham and Tottenham came back to draw 2-2. The South Coast derby, uh, Southampton who are really, really struggling. Uh, They lost 3-1 at home to Bournemouth. Sorry, no they didn't. They lost 3-1 at home to Brighton and they are currently bottom of the Premier League. So a lot of work there for uh, for Nathan Jones to do. I will come back to the Leicester games. I want to talk about that in a little bit more depth. Uh, Fulham, 3-0 against Palace. I, I didn't do predictions in the last podcast because I thought it would be difficult to do based on the fact that these were the first games for over, for over a month. Uh, but I would have had probably Palace down for a win here. But it wasn't to be. Uh, Fulham, Fulham again going going about their business quietly. Uh, Everton, last minute goal from Wolves, and the Wolves end up winning two one. Everton took the lead really early on, but again disappointing for Everton uh, to come back to Premier League action with a defeat. Uh, Aston Villa were three uh, lost three one to Liverpool. Um, looked like Salah was an absolute fire. Um, so he's carrying on as he uh, still banging the goals in and then you think they're going to have Gakpo on the other side uh, and, and if Nunes can start to put some of these chances away tell you, don't, don't rule Liverpool out for a, for a late charge up that table I mean they currently find themselves 6th they are 15 points behind the top but you know who knows what can happen over the next few uh, over the next few weeks. The team that are top, Arsenal, continued that fantastic run, and they are now on forty points. So I think Arsenal are safe in terms of relegation. They should be staying up, um, and they beat a a West Ham side that are struggling. West Ham find themselves in sixteenth. But they are only a point above. They're only a point above Wolves, who are in eighteenth. Uh, same amount of uh, same amount of games as well. For some teams are on are still on fifteen games. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens over the coming the coming weeks with West Ham. I mean, if they were to lose the next few fixtures, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure who who they necessarily have. 
over the next few weeks. Um, I mean, they play Brentford tomorrow. Uh, they've then got Leeds, which is uh, that that's a game that is feels quite quite big down at the bottom. Then they've got Brentford in the FA Cup. I don't think West Ham will be too worried about going out in the FA Cup. Uh, and then Wolves and Everton. So they're playing the teams around them after they play Brentford. Uh, they're playing Leeds, Leeds, Everton, uh, and and did I say Wolves? Uh, yes, Leeds, Everton, and Wolves. So this is this is a, a really really important month for for West Ham. It's an important month for a lot of teams, uh, but th- you know when I when I then look at I then look at their February fixtures when they have Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, and Tottenham away. January is a massive, massive month for West Ham. Be interesting to see what what occurs there. Um, I think the good news is they they'll keep Declan Rice for January. They'll keep him for the rest of the season before he before he eventually moves on. Should West Ham stay up or not? Uh, Chelsea ran out two 0 winners against Bournemouth. Uh, I did watch that game. Bournemouth were fairly poor and I think they were lucky to get away with two 0 as well so uh, Chelsea have been linked with uh, Jao Felix but they've been linked with quite a few other players as well uh, another another Fafana as well they've been linked with and Enzo Fernandez, who's been linked with everyone but his his release clause is, is massive uh, and it only fe- it feels like only a couple of teams are going to be willing to pay that Chelsea being one of them uh, United ran out 3-0 winners against Forest Marcus Rashford is very much back and enjoying his football again which I think even as a Leicester fan I think that is wonderful to see I think that's great and you know a talented player a great person clearly a great person off the pitch for all the stuff that he does but it's good to see him playing well Uh, Forrest you know still shipping goals still find themselves in that bottom three as well but they have a couple of, uh, of, of big ish games coming up as well down at the bottom. And then last night, Man City ran out 3-1 winners against Leeds. Erling Haaland carrying on where he left off with two goals last night. That takes him to 20 Premier League goals for the season. He's now the fastest player in Premier League history to do that and he has beat the previous record by seven games. Uh, Yeah, so fastest player to 20 goals before that, it was Kevin Phillips of all of all players. He did it in twenty one, uh, and Harland has done it in in fourteen. And I was looking at some some stuff last night. He's he's already beaten the Golden Boot winning season of ninety seven, ninety eight, and ninety eight, ninety nine. Both of those were won with eighteen goals, and he's also. Now equaled Drogba's Golden Boot winning season. I think it was 06-07 where Drogba got 20 and Haaland has already got that. Bear in mind, we've had a month off as well. So, you know, Haaland, you know, it, had we not had a month off and we'd have carried on playing through uh, most of November and the first half or first three weeks of December... You know, Haaland could well have been on, and it's not, and it's not ridiculous to say this. He could well have been on his way to thirty goals before before the new year, but he's on 20, 20 and fourteen, 
which is crazy. And he's missed games as well. He's had a sub-appearance. There's been games where he's not scored as well. So, unbelievable. Running out of superlatives for the guy. Um, just a, a goal-scoring machine. And well on his way. Well on his way to getting 40-odd goals this season in the Premier League. He's got 25 in all comps as well. So, amazing, really. Really, really amazing. Now then, I will go back to the Leicester game. So, so let's go back to the result at the King Power. Very, very disappointing. A 3-0 defeat to Newcastle. Now, Newcastle are absolutely flying at the minute. They're, they're on a ridiculous run. They're, they're not conceding goals. They're scoring goals for fun. I mean, it was a high-scoring round of fixtures. I think eight... Eight of the ten games had at least three goals. Some of them, most of the games had four goals as well. So it was a high-scoring weekend. But uh, from from the Leicester from a Leicester fans' point of view, it felt like it was just going to be one of those days from very very early on. I mean, even from the first sort of minute, it was as though the players didn't know what shape they were supposed to be playing, what formation they were supposed to be playing, who was supposed to be playing where. And Newcastle just carved us open. And I've not... I genuinely... I genuinely haven't seen movement and intent and desire from a team all see like that. Like I did from Newcastle the other day, all season. Even when we played Man City. I mean, you play Man City and they can just cut you open. Three or four passes and they go from being 30 yards out to on the six yard, in, in the six-yard box and putting the ball in the back of the net and Newcastle were exactly the same they were brilliant and uh, Bruno in the middle was was sensational and Almiron was causing Luke Thomas problems for all of that first half I mean the second half you could probably say Newcastle took their foot off it a little bit Leicester did have some chances and that was the that was the disappointing thing is that actually Newcastle defensively, although they are keeping clean sheets, they can be got at. They were leaving big gaps. There was a couple of times Vardy came on at half time, and there were a couple of times in that second half that that we got the ball into Vardy, you know, behind Dan Byrne, and Vardy was in, and there was there was a great chance where he 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 put, probably put a bit too much on the cross for Harvey Barnes, and Barnes wasn't able to get there. Um, so Newcastle can be got at, and I'm not going to sit here and... I don't want to sit here and sound bitter because Leicester were terrible. You know, 3-0 down by half-time and I genuinely said, if this is 4-0 by half-time, I might, I might go home. <laughs> but it was it was 3-0 at half-time. They were all, Leicester were all over the place. It, it felt like the start of the season again. Um, I said it at the time, the World Cup came at the, at the worst possible time. But Newcastle have done this to a number of teams and I think they'll continue to do it all season, especially if they strengthen in January. I don't think Newcastle are necessarily a great team. And again, I don't want this to sound bitter because, like I said, the way that they played, the movement, the tactics, um, they, they were great in that first half. They are, they are very well coached. They are very well organised. 
Eddie Howe has done a fantastic job. He's the players that they've brought in, they've strengthened in the areas that they needed to. You know, goalkeeper, centre backs, you know, Almiron just looks like a man possessed this season. Um, Trippier, great sign in. Bruno is a great sign in as well. I mean, I didn't like their antics at the end of the uh, during that second half with players going down with supposed cramp in air quotes. Uh, the time wasting. Now we saw at the World Cup that the time wasting was um, combated by having really, really long extended periods of of injury time. You know, we were used to seeing seven to eight minutes, nine minutes in some cases double figures in terms of injury time due to the time wasting. Now, I'm not saying that it would have made a difference because the game was done by half-time. Okay? The game was probably done after five minutes or whenever whenever the second goal went in. Um, I mean, for the penalty, I, I, I said, I called it at the time, I, I said to my cousin, "He's gonna, Chris Wood's gonna whack this down the middle." But there we go. It's, it's, it's such a, you know, it's so bad being right all the time. <laughs> but going back to the time wasting, look, I three minutes at the end of the first half and three minutes at the end of the second half was a disgraceful amount of of injury time to add. Uh, Dennis Pratt was down for at least three minutes in the first half. And then we had three goals as well, which Newcastle really, really celebrated and really took their time restarting. And the second half, Nick Pope was time-wasting. Players were going down, as I've, as I've said. And although there was part of me that wanted to get out of that stadium as soon as possible the other day, as a paying fan, I do not go to football matches to watch players pretend they're injured to waste time now i get i get the gamesmanship to maybe you know if you're on if you're under the cosh or whatever and you're really really defending backs to the wall you know you might want to you might want to go down to uh you know just break up the flow of the game a little bit which is why Teams walk slowly to corners and throw-ins and things like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to feel, especially after this World Cup, I'm beginning to feel like, actually, I'm being robbed of seeing football because the time-wasting isn't being dealt with in terms of adding injury time. You know, there was an, there were, for me, there was at least another, I'd probably say seven to eight minutes in that game. Now Leicester aren't coming back. But we saw in the World Cup the amount of goals that were scored during that injury time. And a lot of the time it went against those teams that were doing the time wasting. It's something that the Premier League has got to address. Look, I don't you know, you're always going to get your old school fans that are, we don't want 7 or 8 minutes, you know, we don't want this, we don't want that. Look, and I know I know that they're they're talking about shorter games and and things like this, but come on, it's 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 getting ridiculous. 
I, I felt like there should have been a lot more, a lot more injury time. But that said, Leicester were crap. Uh, I thought tactically Brendan got it completely wrong. I don't understand why Tillemans was playing at right back. Uh, our best player was Perez when he came on. I thought he played really, really well. I'm not a huge Iosi Perez fan. Anyone that knows me knows that. But I thought he did really well when he came on. I know he's looking for a move. Uh, Dennis Pratt going off injured. Uh, Samare, I mean, he was great against MK Dons, but you know we're we're talking about the bottom end of League One here. And he looked he looked poor. Uh, there's no return date for Madison as it stands. He won't be available for the game tomorrow against Liverpool. He's gone down to London to see a specialist. So he came back. He was fit during the World Cup, but he's come back and has a bit more pain apparently in his knee. So, yes, not good. And look, tomorrow's game against Liverpool, it, for me, it's a throwaway fixture. If you can get a point, that's absolutely fantastic. Just try not to get absolutely walloped. The next two games for Leicester are massive, in my opinion. Now, Fulham is not going to be an easy game. We saw... The fixture's just gone. That, you know, they, they dispatch with Palace with ease. So Leicester's next two league games are, excuse me, are uh, Fulham at home and Nottingham Forest away. Big games. And then we've got the rearranged, oh no, it's not a rearranged game, sorry. Uh, we've got Aston Villa as well at the beginning of Feb and Brighton at home. So, you know, Leicester have seriously got to pick some points up. Uh, if we're not going to pick them up in the away games, away to Forest and away to Villa, then we need to make sure we win those home games. Because uh, after that, <laughs> holy shit, I've only just realised, uh, we've got Tottenham at home, Man United away and Arsenal at home. Oh dear. All those people that said to me, our oh, Leicester will be fine. And I said, we're a couple of defeats away from being back in the bottom three. I hope I'm wrong. Genuinely hope I'm wrong, but we'll see. Poor and signings are needed. A right winger is needed. A centre back is needed. And you know, I've I've read over the last couple of days that they're looking to offer Johnny Evans a new contract. They're looking to offer Daniel Amati a new contract, among others. And Soyuncu is heavily linked and is very close to joining. Atletico Madrid so he's good enough for Atletico Madrid different league I get all of that but he's good enough to play at the top end of the Spanish league but he's not good enough for a Leicester team who don't have a wealth of quality centre-backs yeah Enough said. Enough said on that one. Right. Let's look forward to the fixtures coming up. There, there's there's games all, all next week. Uh, starting tomorrow. All this weekend. All next week. Uh, I'm not going to go through two weeks worth of, of, of fixtures. I'll just go through game week 18. That's what it's known as. 
So tomorrow we have West Ham, Brentford. West Ham really need to pick up some points up here. I think this will be a draw. Liverpool then host Leicester. I genuinely only see a Liverpool win here. I'd love to be able to sit here and say I think Leicester will spring a surprise. I just think we've got too many injuries at the moment and there's, I don't know, after the other day, I think a bit of a bit of reality has hit a few Leicester fans and they've realised that actually we're still a team that is very much a bottom half of the table team. Wolves Man United, now historically not a fixture that United have, have, have enjoyed. And Wolves, I know, got that last minute winner the other day. Uh, but I think United just look really, really strong at the moment. And I'm going to go for a United win. Man City, Everton at the Etihad. Man City win for me. Fulham, Southampton. Uh, I mean, Southampton need the result. They're, they're currently bottom, but um, I think Fulham will have way too much for them. And then Bournemouth Palace, a strange one. A strange game, this. I, I always fancy Palace to win at home against most teams. But away, I'm not so sure. So, uh, I'm going to go for a draw on this one. Uh, Newcastle Leeds. I mean, if it's anything like what I watched the other night, I can only see a Newcastle win here. But Leeds will definitely give them a game. Uh, that'll be a great atmosphere up there. New Year's Eve. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be a good one up there. Brighton versus Arsenal. Now, historically, a Brighton are Arsenal's bogey team. Um, Westy always goes on about how Brighton are. They're just a team that, that always seem to cause an upset. They always seem to do something that derails Arsenal's season. And, and you know, it's not him being bitter or anything he's he's right you know they they do Brighton do tend to get something against Arsenal I think before that it was Swansea before Swansea obviously got relegated and now it's Brighton um I just think Arsenal are a different beast this year they just look confident they don't look like they necessarily panic if they do go a goal behind or if they do concede you know if they go 2-1 if they go 2-0 up and then they concede with 10 minutes to go I, I think the mentality of this Arsenal side is we'll go and get a third or no we're, we're good enough to hold this for 2-1 I think Arsenal are just a lot, a lot more um, a mature team now they're not as naive as they were so I'm going to go for I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. And then the first Premier League fixture of 2023 is Tottenham versus Aston Villa. Tottenham, man, they're, they're a weird one because they just... I mean, they went 2-0 down the other day and then had to come back and and, and get a 2-2 a draw. It just seems to be the way that Tottenham are this season. They don't seem to be... I don't know are they are they are they good enough def you know good enough defensively I mean they they they're fourth the 10 points off the top um you know you look at their fixtures I mean they they concede three against Leeds uh lost 2-0 in the in the EFL Cup 
to Forest. Um, only just beat Bournemouth three two. So a bit of a strange, you know, Spurs are a bit strange this season. Where do we? Where do I think this is going? I think Tottenham will beat Villa. I think Villa Villa have got enough to go away and and win there. And then Forest versus Chelsea. You never know with these sorts of fixtures. Chelsea again are another odd one. Trying to find a bit of identity under Potter still. Rhys James looks like he's going to be on the sidelines again for another month. It's the same knee that he's recently been out with. He started the other night, but then went off probably about... He went off injured about five minutes before he was probably due to be subbed anyway. So uh, a difficult time for him. Ben Chilwell's still out as well for Chelsea. So no doubt they'll go and spend about 400 million on defenders in January. But yeah, I'll go for I'll go for a Chelsea win. Okay. Quick run down the table there. So Arsenal are top, five points clear of Man City. Newcastle third and Tottenham make up the top four. Uh, United do have a game in hand and are only a point behind. So United could climb into that top four if they win that game in hand. And then making up the rest of the top half of the table, we've got Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Fulham and then Brentford. Southampton are bottom and then Forest and Wolves are just above them. And then it's Everton, West Ham, Leeds, Bournemouth, Leicester, Villa and Palace. So going from bottom up to 11th there. I think that is it from me. Um, the Premier League is well and truly back. The The World Cup feels like a, a bit of a distant memory. Um, there's still a little bit of fallout from it in terms of uh, Martinez, Emilio Martinez, the, 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 the goalkeeper, in terms of his antics. And uh, it looks like actually Unai Emery has, uh, wants to get rid. I don't think he's a, a huge fan of his, uh, his character and the way he's been acting. Um, I said last week that some of it was a bit, mm, you know... I think the funniest thing is is that he's been mocking Mbappe when Mbappe scored technically four goals against him in that final. But he continues to mock him, uh, which is I find very strange. But there we go. That's it from me for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check out everything else that is brought to you by Games and Grab Studios. That is the Clubhouse with Sonny G, the Games and Grabs podcast and Finn Steele over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steele. This has been episode 24 of Addy Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast, available on Spotify, Podbean, and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check me out on Twitter at Added Football and on Instagram at Added Pod. Have a great weekend. Next time I speak to you, it will be 2023. So a happy new year to all of you. Stay safe, stay well, and I will speak to you next time. Goodbye.